Hello, and welcome to the Principal Liner Notes podcast. This is Sean Gaylord, and this is a bonus episode of our podcast. And I am so grateful that you have tuned in, and I am excited about our special guest. But first, how about a little bit of trivia on the Beatles? As you all know, if you know me, and if you've listened to this podcast, all long and winding roads do lead to the Beatles. In the story of the Beatles, there is a legendary moment that no fan or outsider experienced. I'm referring to the moment that Ringo Starr first drummed with the band before they got famous. Paul McCartney details this story in the Ron Howard-directed documentary from a few years ago entitled Eight Days a Week. Paul is usually charming and affable in his interviews. He has probably told the same stories to reporters and interviewers literally millions of times, and he has the tone, the pacing, the word choice, the timing all down to a science. When he does share the story of Ringo first playing with the band in the Eight Days a Week documentary, he becomes overcome with emotion. It is a very moving moment in the film. Paul attempts to describe the collective moment of epiphany each band member had when Ringo first played. You see him in the film as he's describing this moment, time travel, and he, and he reaches this moment of, of speechlessness, and he's overcome with emotion as he describes, or attempts to describe rather, the musical brotherhood that is so evident when all four Beatles, John, Paul, George, and Ringo play together for the very first time. This musical brotherhood that changed Paul's life and the lives of so many, including mine. The Beatles without Ringo's steady beat and solid swing is hard to fathom. The moment of connection that Paul cannot put into words is so moving His tears tell the story of when John, Paul, George, and Ringo become a band. And his tears serve as the basis for a connection that I made in the connection that I'll share with you in the course of this bonus episode. Have you had those same moments of connection in your professional life? Do you feel a powerful connection towards a peer or colleague that serves as the platform for new and inspiring collaborations. I have loved those moments of connection when I played with musicians during my band days, and I love those connections even more when they take place in the educational arena. For this special bonus episode of the Principal Liner Notes podcast, we will explore the power of connection with a guest who has served as one of my edu Beatles. Lauren Kaufman is someone many of us call friend, thought partner, and even bandmate. I am overjoyed that Lauren agreed to join the podcast today and engage in sincere and meaningful conversation. Lauren is always ready to share her learning and her enthusiasm is contagious. 
The things that she shares have served her well as an inspiring educator with over 15 years of experience, ranging from classroom teacher to instructional coach. Recently, Lauren was named as an elementary school assistant principal in Long Island, New York. Our conversation on the podcast was far ranging from our mutual connections in education to her favorite music to even her love for the New York Yankees. Join me in welcoming Lauren Kaufman to the Principal Liner Notes podcast and be prepared to take notes as Lauren drops powerful insights in her usual sincere, affable, and intentional way. Welcome to the Principal Liner Notes podcast. Well, I have really looked forward to this conversation for a long time, and uh, I welcome and I'm so grateful to have one of the most uh, gifted and uh, inspiring educators I know, and that is Lauren Kaufman. Welcome to the Principal Liner Notes podcast, Lauren. Hi, Sean. Um, Wow, I am honored to be here. What a privilege. Thank you so much for inviting me as your guest. I mean, I am totally fangirling right now because (laughs) before we connected, I followed your work. uh, I followed your podcast and uh, you are an incredible educator and leader and principal and creator of some incredible content. So just to be able to be here with you today to have a conversation about education and other things um, just gets straight to my heart. Oh, I'm I'm grateful for that. And a little man, you 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 are a daymaker. And uh, I learned I've learned so much from you. So I'm going to try not to stammer and trip over words because I I have great respect and admiration for you. And uh, we we are closing in on the second hour. <laughs> of our conversation. Yes. Uh, we, we've spent the better part of our time. For those of you that are listening, we, we've talked for about an hour catching up and, and going over all kinds of cool, going into all kinds of cool rabbit holes. Uh, but it is su- such a treat to, to talk, talk with you at this time. Absolutely. So excited to start the conversation. So I, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about uh, the uh, your recent contribution to the, the world of, of educational uh, writing. I, I know that you and, and for those of you that follow you, you know, follow your blog and have followed your your professional journey or your learning journey. And uh, I want to cut straight to the chase and, and talk about the chapter that you wrote in the recently published Because of a Teacher, which was uh, written and, and curated by our, our mutual uh, friend, George Koros. And uh, I, I want to just cut, cut to it and, and, and talk a little bit about that chapter and, and uh, go into it a little bit. You, you wrote in the section on um, what advice you would give to your first year teacher self. And, and in many ways, uh, or just about in every way, all of us right now are experiencing that within the last year or so of, of, adapting to the challenges of being whether whatever role we were in in the year of covid and uh, so in many ways i feel like a first year teacher all over again uh in this new this new school year so 
Uh, I wanted to kind of talk with you about that in, in some way, if you don't mind. I would love to. Um, so, Sean, you know, I am so fortunate that the trajectory of my career has been so beautiful. I have served in so many roles. Uh, this is my 16th year in education, and every year feels like my first year. And I think, you know, it's not just mm. because of a pandemic. You know, it's felt like that, especially in the last year and a half or so. Uh, every day feels like a first day of new year <laughs> sometimes. But I just think it's because I have this passion and love for education. And I know that the learners and the community and the colleagues that I serve, they have different needs um, as we evolve uh, every year. And it's really, really important to me to stay on the cutting edge of best practice, because as this global society we live in is evolving and changing, we need to adapt to that very, very quickly. And that's being a responsive teacher, isn't it? So um, having served in so many roles from teaching assistant to classroom teacher, to literacy specialist at the elementary and middle school level to instructional coach, and and now I'm lucky enough to serve um, in my first year as an administrator, as an assistant principal. I know that within all of those roles, I have always kept children at the heart of, of decision-making, but also I have also valued the connections and the relationships that I've built over time. And those connections that I've cultivated um, are still with me to this day. And whether we perceive interactions that we've had with people to be favorable or unfavorable, every single interaction that we have, big and small, impacts who we are as people. And sometimes when we are in that moment and we are interacting with people, we don't realize that that conversation could Mm. potentially have an impact and influence over your life for many years to come. And then you're in a moment, let's say many years later, and you think back to another moment from 10 years ago in your career and you go, oh, wow. That's why that happened, you know? (laughs) Um, So my chapter in Because of a Teacher is called um, Connections Are Cornerstones to Our Hearts. Because um, I wanted to memorialize a story about um, the first principal who hired me to become a classroom teacher in her building with very little experience. You know, I'm coming in for an interview and I don't want to give away too much for those of you who haven't read the book. But, you know, I'm coming into an interview Um, to be a classroom teacher, to potentially enter a field uh, that is the most rewarding, gratifying field in the world because you get to impact the hearts and lives of who else but our our children, right, who are the future. Um, So for somebody to have given me that foot in the door with very little experience and to recognize my potential was just um, a story that needed to be shared with others. Because I know that there are so many educators out there right now that might be frustrated or stressed because they're going on all these interviews. Their dream job is to be an educator so that they can impact the lives of students as well. And it's hard because there are so many people out there going for that one job, right? But, you know, really in this chapter, I talk about how, you know, I wasn't an educator right away. I was actually in the field of cosmetics 
for eight years before I went mm-hmm. into education. And it turns out that the principal who actually hired me, I had worked with her daughter in cosmetics in New York City. And when she saw on my resume that um, I had worked for this cosmetic company, she immediately called her daughter and said, mm-hmm. do you know Lauren Kaufman? Like, do you, do you know this girl? Because she has very little experience, but I see that she worked in New York City for the same company you did. And of course, her daughter said, of course, I know Lauren. <laughs> they had a conversation and there was my reference, right? So who knew that my uh, job in cosmetics would open a door to the field of education for me. So, you know, that's one example of how connections and relationships, wherever you are in your life, um, can really impact who you will become, who you are, and who you will become in the future. So that's just a little brief (laughs) summary of what my chapter is about. You know, we all experience these significant moments in time. And, um, you know, I think it's important for us to understand that every stage that we're in, in our life, in our career, there are people that come into it for a reason. Um, And those people, like I said earlier, whether those interactions are favorable or unfavorable, they help you um, create pathways to where you're going to go. And... I think that it's exciting also to think about how there are people who will come into your life, who you will connect with that you don't even know yet. (laughs) They will become a part of your team. Right. So um, like, like you, Sean, (laughs) you know, we, we, we didn't know each other maybe a year and a half ago or so. Right. And, And now suddenly you've become a great friend and a mentor. Um, you know, some of the people I work with now in my new role, it's like, I feel like I've been working with them for years. I've been working with them for four weeks. So, um, it's quite exciting to think about that as people move forward, um, in their careers and in their personal and professional lives. What, what I love in listening to you, Lauren, is as you talk and, and I, I, I know, I know you well, and I'm honored by, by the gift of your friendship, but. I can almost hear you writing another blog post in what you just said and, 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 or, or this serving as, as a future uh, chapter for another book. Um, but, I, but I'm grateful for that connection. So, and, and again, I don't want to give away too much from, from your chapter because it is powerful. And uh, I, I hope folks uh, have the opportunity to, to read it. Um, but what, what let's, let's take a little bit uh build a little bit more upon, you know, folks that are feeling, you know, that may be listening to this and are going, oh, okay, well, Lauren and Sean, you guys got lucky. Uh, you happen to find each other and, and, and connect. Well, I don't, you know, listening to this, I may be, you know, folks may be going, I don't feel connected. I'm, I'm working hard. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with COVID. I'm dealing with hybrid teaching or remote teaching or, I'm, I'm miserable. I, I don't have a Lauren Kaufman down the hallway to talk to or, or, or Sean is in another state. So, so what advice would you give maybe to those? And I know your chapter because of a teacher is, is that first year teach yourself, but, but what advice would you give to those that are feeling disconnected in our profession or, or disenfranchised and, and feeling alone? Yeah. 
and, and that's the reality of it. You know, I think there are times where even throughout my career, I felt alone or isolated. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to say that we're in a field now where we can really shatter the walls of isolation. We no longer have to feel like we're alone because even if you don't feel like there's someone within your own professional learning community, within your own school system, um, there are ways to reach out to other people today. I know Twitter has been such a powerful uh, form of communication for me to connect sure. with people um, because you could really just type in a hashtag, whether it's, you know, kindergarten or mm -hmm. um, instructional coach. And when you type in those hashtags and you see conversations that are happening across the world about similar issues that you might be experiencing, um, but then also sharing some really awesome practices uh, that you can implement tomorrow, you know, in your classroom or within your professional community. Uh, that's really exciting. And I think that we have to be open to embracing those opportunities. There are multiple pathways to connecting with people. And I would say that with passion and perseverance, come success. And success looks different to everybody, right? Um, you know, Theodore Roosevelt says, comparison is the thief of joy, right? Yep. I love that phrase because Same. yes, it is so easy to start comparing ourselves. Oh, well, Lauren's doing this and Sean's doing that. And how will I ever be like this? You know, when I look at myself in the mirror, you know, I'm the same Lauren Kaufman as I was when I was a little girl. You know, I have the same heart, I have the same core, um, but I found my passions. And I have had great educators and people in my life along the way who were able to recognize those gifts in me and to elevate me and to give me that recognition when I needed it the most. I think that's what people need in life is recognition, right? Yeah. They need to be told, wow, you are doing a great job, right? Um, and then they need a little coaching too with that. So they need the appreciation and the recognition, but they need a little coaching. So to be able to connect with someone as your mentor, whether in, they're in your own uh, neighborhood, in your own school community, or somebody that you have connected to outside of your school community, um, I think that's really important because coaching is a place I think we should all be living in. That's why I value that role of an instructional coach so much. But if we're in education, we're all coaches for one another. Um, you know, the principal that I work with now gave a great analogy to his teachers um, in the first few days of school, and, and I'd love to share it. So he said that, you know, Michael Phelps coach is not better than him at swimming. And I was like, wow, mm. that really is um, powerful right? Um, it's just like, wow, you know, he's there to support Michael Phelps. He's there to give him some feedback, to yeah. tweak um, some of his practices, you know. Um, and I think that's how we have to approach what we're doing in education here. It's not about who's better. It's not about one-upping each other. It's about being more collaborative, and less competitive, as Stephanie Rothstein would say. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's, you know, I, I took that little line from her, and I, and I love that so much. So 
you know, just to sum it up, I think my advice would be don't be afraid to reach out to people. Uh, look for a mentor or mentors, you can have more than one mentor, who will coach you and support you and be honest with you and give you that feedback. And don't be afraid to share. You know, I, I feel like sometimes we're in this, you know, in, in education in my earlier years, I've seen educators say, well, I created this and this is mine, right? Well, yeah. it's not really mine. It's ours. It's for the students. That's why we're here. And if we're, we are in the business of sharing, that is one more child or one mm. more educator that we can impact. And we're all in this together. It takes a village. So if I shared a practice that's helping a couple of students across the world from my blog, let's say, then that makes me incredibly happy. So I would say, don't give up. Continue to have that passion and perseverance. Explore what you're interested in and be prepared to fail because the hardest part sometimes is getting back up after you fail. But when you get back up, you continue doing the work and, and keep who is at the heart of this all. That's the children, right? right? That's why we're here. <laughs> so that's my advice. That's that's beautiful advice and, and, and spoken like a true baseball mom who appreciates <laughs> the the art of the long game. Right. And sometimes yes. in education, you know, and I, I I'm guilty of this, too. But I, I, I get impatient and I, I want that win now. You know, I want that grand slam home run every time I, I get to bat. But but often and I, I, I've learned this in the last few years uh, from a very wise educator. Um, that, that kind of said, you know, stop, stop playing the short game. You got, you got to play the long game and, and, and have that perseverance and, and still stay, as you said, still, still stay in tune with your passion. So I, I was just, I, I had to make a little nod to your, to your, uh, your own baseball momhood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. When, when my own boys get up to bat and they strike out, you know, they, they, they tend to get very disappointed as, you know, all, all, all young baseball players would. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we then go into the conversation. Well, you know, we'll talk about they, we love the New York Yankees in my house. So, you know, we'll talk about how Aaron Judge, he strikes out and Derek Jeter. You know, we go through everything and then they come back and they have this great grand slam. Um, so, yeah, it's more about the process, too. You know, it, it's, it's not about the product. You know, learning is infinite. As, as we know, we both read that book by Simon Sinek, The Infinite Game, right? Right. And uh, we, I think that was one of the first uh, connections that we made, actually, by reading that book. You're right. We, I, we did. Yeah. That's right. Yes, yes. And that game, that, um, that game, I'm thinking about a baseball game. That book really <laughs> resonated with me uh, because learning is an infinite process. There mm -hmm. is no ending to learning. And I think, you know, that's another piece of advice is to realize that, Beautiful. you know, we, we're not looking at our lesson plans from last year because it's different this year. We have different learners in front of us and, and we're always learning. And as George would say in one of his podcasts or blogs, mm -hmm. we're always learning for our students, about our students and with our students. And not just our students, but we're learning for our colleagues, with our colleagues, about our colleagues. And I, and I love mm -hmm. that because um, it is our professional obligation to continuously um, make it a point to learn about who we're with and who we're serving. 
uh, because we're constantly having to pivot to meet the needs of whomever we're around. So, um, you know, that, that's an important piece too. And, and I love taking all these little tidbits from these amazing educators and, and, and people uh, and authors, you know, that I read about and kind of make it my own. And, that, and that's another thing to share is that make this stuff your own. You know, you, you take the best mm-hmm. from everybody you've learned from, all of these amazing mentors, authors, podcasts. You listen to these little tidbits and you say, well, how can I implement that practice in the most authentic way? How can I make it my own and work for, make it work for my population of learners or colleagues? So that would be another piece of advice. And, and you weave that so well in your, your blog posts. I mean, that, that is what, you know, for, for me and being in your PLN, that, you know, kind of following that, and 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 reading that you you do such a a beautiful job of hey i've read this book or i've listened to this podcast and and this is what i've garnered from it and this is how i'm i'm applying to that could could you maybe talk a little bit about your your blog post and and your writing process and 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 how that's really led you to some some other powerful connections along the way in your professional gig Sure. Um, you know, I have to give a nod here to George Kuros because when I met him um, during the time that I was um, facilitating the mentor program in a school district in Long Island, we had used uh-huh. his book, The Innovator's Mindset. Right on. And I had reached out to George um, and he was kind enough to do videos for me for the new teachers and their mentors to kind of um, just just make an impact and influence them and, and get them energized Uh, for the school year. And so we had connected. And during the pandemic, I had invited him to one of my uh, mentor program meetings. And in that meeting, he actually challenged me to start to create my own platform, to start my own blog. And during that time, he had actually come out with a digital portfolio course that that I took. Um, I actually had put out my first blog before I took the course, but that course actually helped me create my own platform um, so that I would have a platform to actually blog on and and share. Um, And he always said this to me. He said, Lauren, he says, you're writing for yourself. It's your own reflections. You're reflecting on your learning. And because I always thought to myself, well, what would others have to learn from me? I'm just Lauren, you know, what would, (laughs) if I write, would others, would anything actually resonate with others? And he said, it doesn't, that's not why we write Lauren. And I said, okay. So that actually gave me the confidence to really, um, to start writing a little bit more voluminously. Um, Mm. And over time, I think I've developed a style of writing and something that impacts me as an educator is this style where if I'm reading an article or if I'm reading a book, I love theory. Don't get me wrong. I love it because it gives me a framework. Like this is the why, right? Right. This is why we're doing this. Right. But the what and the how, that is important to me as a practitioner. So it's like, I want to set it up where I'm giving everybody the why and the backgrounds and the purpose and the research behind it. But then like unwrapping a present, I'm going to start in my writing showing people, okay, so what does this mean for you 
in your space, in your classroom. How can you take this um, philosophy and make it work in practice? And essentially, that's what I like to do in my blog posts is I like to have an idea Mm -hmm. um, that it was inspired by possibly a book or a podcast or both or an article and then show educators, this is what it looks like. And this is what you can use tomorrow in your classroom. And maybe you don't have to use it in the same way I use it, but you can make it your own. And that's basically my process is that I want educators to walk away thinking about something and reflecting and thinking that, wow, that's a really neat concept. But then having um, a resource in their hands that they can use to have a conversation in their professional learning community, to share a resource Mm -hmm. with kids, um, to share this video with kids, to, to ignite a conversation. So that, if you look at most of my blog posts, and they're not all like this, because sometimes I have ideas and I just want to do a little reflection in my writing too. And it's not necessarily that I'm going to give you a practice or a resource in every single blog post, but a lot of them are very much in that style. And I tried to weave in as many uh, resources um, as I possibly could that make sense without overdoing it at the same time, because I want to show people how you know, different authors might have this idea, you know, maybe Katie yeah. Martin said this and Brene Brown said that and Simon Sinek said this and George Carlos said that and Tom Murray used this resource, you know, but look how, look, look how it all makes sense when it comes together. So that's kind of how I blog. I kind of bring all of these ideas together and then make it my own. It, and it, and it weaves again, it's like a tapestry and I love how you curate those ideas. And, and again, for those that are listening, I highly recommend that, that you subscribe to Lauren's uh, blog post. I always get great joy when it arrives in my inbox and, uh, and I feel like I'm always in on, I'm always in for a treat. I'm always in to, to get enriched when I read your words and, and I walk away, um, Probably uh, ordering uh, a few more books off of Amazon <laughs> than I need to, but uh, I am grateful for it. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Thank you. As I am grateful for all of the content that you create. And I was talking a little bit with you before we started recording about how I've had writer's block for the last few weeks. And I think part of it has been that I, you know, I'm in a new role now and I'm really focused on trying to learn everything I can about this new role. And I I have felt that, you know, of course, you know, I'm trying to, I want to say balance out my, my life right now, you know, Mm -hmm. what once was and the way I was able to write maybe a little bit more often, I might not be able to do it anymore, but that's okay. I just have to kind of recalibrate (laughs) my life. And I think that's what I'm trying to you know, we talk about self-care a lot, too. We talked about that in um, Campfire Combos EDU. Uh, right. That was a great conversation. And I think part of me recalibrating my life right now is to figure out how I can embed my passions, but also keeping an emphasis on what's most important right now is me in a new role, learning that job, being there to support my district, my, my principal, 
uh, the students, my colleagues, the community. That's really important to me. So, you know, I'm kind of leading with that. And then also right standing next to that and first and foremost, my own family, yeah. you know, <laughs> with my children um, and attending their baseball games and, and being involved in their life. Um, and then I have my passions and my interests that I don't want to get rid of because I love to write and I love to be on podcasts and I love to share my learning with a greater educational community. So that, that repurposing, I guess, of priorities, you know, um, how can I fit this in? I'm still in that stage right now where I'm trying to figure that out, but you have inspired me actually with the oh. podcast I listened to this morning to write uh, again. So uh, I'm going to, we have a long weekend now and I'm going to try to uh, put out a blog pretty soon. So I appreciate that inspiration, Sean. Well, thank you, Lauren. And I mean, that is the beauty of, of connections and, and collaboration and how we, those connections and collaborations help bring out the best in the other person. And so I'm very honored that, for somebody that I have great admiration and, and respect is able to, to get something from, from my little, uh, my little podcast. And I'm grateful for that. I, uh, you know, part of the principal liner notes podcast is, is things, all roads go back to music. As you know, I, I <laughs> yes. am a big music geek yes. and, um, and, and I, uh, am an unabashed fan of, of all things, Beatles and music and, and all kinds of other guilty musical pleasures along the way but i am curious to hear what what are those you know and this is not a uh and, and i this is a judgment-free zone <laughs> when it comes to music so don't feel like you've got to say oh i'm a big beatles fan it, 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 nothing will be taken against you there but but what are those kind of um musical pieces maybe when you take one of your your walks or when you're on a road trip to a ball game or going into the city what, what are those, those pieces of music or, or artists that serve as sources for self-care and, and peace and balance for you? Well, Sean, I, am, I have the biggest smile on my face as you're asking me this question, because what is life without music? <laughs> right on. I, I, and you know that about me. I need to listen to music. Um, in the mornings, when I was, when I was a, a teacher, I greeted students every morning with music. That's right. Um, and I love listening to music on my walks and in the car. Um, so, and I do have an appreciation for the Beatles because my dad always listened to the Beatles. Um, <laughs> and I listened <laughs> to that music growing up, but nice. I have the most eclectic mix of music, um, in my iTunes <laughs> right now. So I have anywhere, I'm a big theater, uh, fan. So I have, you know, Broadway music from Hamilton to Rent, mm -hmm. um, to even like stuff like Legally Blonde, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those musicals, um, all those different musicals, a big range. Um, and then I have, I, I love rock. So I have things like Linkin Park and Panic at the Disco. Um, nice. I also have a lot of hip hop music <laughs> and a lot of pop music. And I love, I love bands like Chicago also and the Beach Boys, um, so I have a, a big range of music in my iTunes and it's whatever mood I'm in uh, that, you know, it depends where I'm going to go with that, what playlist I'm going to put on. Um, I don't value more, uh, one genre more than the other. 
I think that's what music is there for. It's like reading books, right? What are you in the mood for? Do you need a good like beach read that's going to mm-hmm. take you on vacation? Do you need something that's going to get you a little more focused and you're going to learn something new, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so yeah. So all of those genres are important to me and yes, love music. <laughs> I, I identify you always with New York and, right. and not only do I, I hear that in your speech and patois and, an accent, but but I I know that you and I have talked about um, the you know how my my daughters have a great appreciation for New York as well, and and one of my daughters wants to move there, and I just learned this morning um, one of my daughters, the one who wants to move to New York, uh, she's enrolling in a course. She's she's a freshman in college now, and and she's enrolling in a course where where she'll be able to go to New York for a week and and go backstage for a Broadway show and. Uh, I'm not sure of all the particulars, but she is through the roof, over the moon, e- excited. And uh, I know that you have a great, you're, you're a great fan of, of, of musicals as well. We are in our, our family. So I, I had to make mention of, of, of my daughter. Maybe you guys can meet up when she gets oh, up there. Oh, I, yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, first of all, congratulations to her. How exciting and what an incredible opportunity. Um, and yes, when she is in New York, I would definitely spend the day with her make some time for Sean's daughter, of course, okay. and show her the ropes. I mean, there is no other place to be, uh, you know, in my eyes, <laughs> you know, than New York City for, for the theater and the arts. I mean, it's just everything is at your fingertips from museums to um, theater, restaurants, um, you name it. There's so much culture in New York City. And I, and I am so lucky to have grown up in Long Island where I've had access to New York City. It's about Mm -hmm. a 50 minute drive probably or train ride. Um, I went to school in New York City. I student taught in New York City. So I've I've had a range of experiences in New York City and and it's a big part of the fabric of who I am as a person. Um, And yes, (laughs) for sure. Absolutely. Cue uh, Frank Sinatra's New York, New York, everybody. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll dedicate it to Lauren. Um, L- Lauren, it has been an absolute joy to be immersed in this conversation with you on the Principal Liner Notes podcast. You are the third guest I've ever had. This is my, my third year in the podcast, but you are in great company with mutual friends that you have connected me to. Um, yes. Them being Naomi Tolan and and Lainey Rowell. And, uh, and now you are, you are the third guest that I've had on here. And I'm grateful for our friendship, our collaboration. You are a bandmate and an inspiration. I am not going to hold against you the fact that, that you are a New York Yankees fan and, and you know, <laughs> you, you, I, I am a Boston Red Sox fan. Oh boy. Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I married into it. And, and, okay. and so, I, I'm still trying to get over the fact that Aaron Boone hit that home run, um, you know, during that during that playoff game the Red Sox and Yankees had in, <laughs> in in 2003. But 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 again, we we can still be friends. We can still talk to each other. Yes. Uh, we we just I, I may not I may not be walking into into the Bronx with you to go to Yankee Stadium. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, you know uh, what though? It is an experience. Even though you're not a Yankees fan, just being in New York and singing, you know, start spreading the news <laughs> in Yankee <laughs> Stadium. It's it's an experience in itself. So even if you're not a Yankees fan, I don't hold that against you. 
Uh, that is true. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I may. I, I'll go with you. I may not wear. You know, I, I don't know if it, it would be safe for me to wear any Red Sox paraphernalia. I don't I, think so. I don't think that's a good idea, Sean. You know, I <laughs> listen. I care about you as a friend, and I'd want. I'd want to protect you. So. I don't know. I'm not saying you have to wear Yankees gear, but definitely not uh, Boston Red Sox gear for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I uh, I'll, I'll be safe, and uh, I'll probably just wear civilian clothes uh, and and no, uh, definitely no Yankees uh, uh, gear. That that reminds me, just as a quick aside, um, you know Ben Affleck, you know the famous actor and director, uh, and and he is from from Boston. Did you know that in the film Gone Girl, his character was supposed to be a Yankees fan and and he said to the director he said listen I I, I can't wear this Yankees cap I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it uh I I will be a Mets fan instead can we write that wow in? yeah wow. You that? that's deep yeah that, that that's, is deep. that's deep <laughs> <laughs> wow that talk about a true fan he's yes. pretty loyal over there wow yeah I that most people who are like diehard sports fans are pretty loyal to their yeah. teams. So <laughs> that's funny. That's a great, yeah. great yeah. little aside. So next time you see Gone Girl, just look for him wearing the Mets cap, and and all of that is was was intentional. He just couldn't. He just couldn't do it. So yeah, um, I I can't blame him. You know, but 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 again, you know, I I respect the Yankees. I, we're still <laughs> friends, right? We're still collaborators, and we can get along. But Lauren, where, where can folks follow you and get all of your great content? Sure. Uh, thank you, Sean. So uh, my website and my blog and some of the other things that I do, it's laurenmkaufman.com. And um, everything on, is pretty much accessible through my website. So any other um, events or presentations that I'm a part of, I put everything on the website uh, for people to access and uh, my, my goal in having the website is to share my learning with many educational communities. And um, I get so much joy out of people contacting me and saying, you know, thank you for sharing this because I tried this and it impacted my learners or my colleagues. And I'm appreciative um, of that. So that's why I do it. And that's why it's there. So thank you for anybody who goes to my to my website. Please feel free to reach out to me with thoughts, ideas. I love being a thinking partner. If there's any way I can help and support a fellow educator, um, I am right there by your side. And the name of the book that uh, Lauren has contributed, her exceptional and moving and beautiful chapter is Because of a Teacher, written and correlated by our bandmate and friend George Koros. You can find that book off of Amazon or Barnes and Noble. It comes to us from I Am Press Books. And, and Lauren is, this is not the last that you will hear from her. I look forward to the day when uh, I will be reading a cover to cover book by Lauren. It's going to happen. And uh, I, I will be first in line for that, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Um, I, and I believe you. Uh, you have been nothing but supportive um, in every way possible. And I'm so happy we're connected. And, and, and like I've said before, um, I, we just have so many mutual friends yeah. in, in common and I'm appreciative of all of you. You all know who you are. Uh, we have our little think tank going on and um, you know, it's just so great to learn from all of you and, and to be connected in that way. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast.
so honored. It's such a privilege. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, and I will, maybe I'll see you at Fenway Park. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. But you know what? If I go to Fenway Park, I'm not wearing my Yankee gear. That I'll tell you. No. I'll tell you that. And no. I might not wear Boston Red Sox gear either. So I'll have to wear my civilian clothes as well. You, you got it, my friend. <laughs> okay. Thanks again. <laughs> okay. Take care. Take care. Bye. That's it for this bonus episode of the Principal Liner Notes podcast. A very special and sincere thanks to Lauren Kaufman for joining me as my guest. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as we did. My friend is an inspiring force and I am happy to play in the band with her anytime. You can follow Lauren on Twitter at LAU7210 and be sure to check out her sharp and insightful blog at laurenmkaufman.com. You can read Lauren's chapter in the new book, Because of a Teacher. That book comes from the innovative world of George Koros and IM Press Books. Lauren is one of many inspiring authors who contributed chapters on teacher impact in a book that will uplift and motivate you. I guarantee it. You can order a copy of the book from either Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or directly from the publisher, IM Press Books. Thanks as always to the musical legacy of the Beatles. Their enduring connections as a band still inspire and impel joy, innovation, and creativity. This fall, I look forward to seeing my favorite Beatles album, Let It Be, get the deluxe reissue treatment along with viewing the upcoming Peter Jackson. Yes, that Peter Jackson directed redux of the Let It Be sessions entitled Get Back on Disney+. Plus. It is going to be a three-night affair in November, and it is going to be a fab fall. And I know that somewhere along the way, one episode, perhaps two episodes of the Principal Liner Notes podcast will be dedicated to the Let It Be album. Again, I believe I've done a few other episodes uh, dedicated to that album. I'm a bit of a fan. Don't forget to cultivate connections in our educational space. Our noble profession needs collaborations from you that will inspire and support the learners we serve. Lauren Kaufman does that on such a level of intentionality and expertise, and I know that many of you out there are doing very much the same thing. This is Sean Gaylord, and this is the Principal Liner Notes Podcast, signing off for now. Take care and stay safe. <laughs>